Crossroads. I'm Pastor AJ, and uh, I'm so glad that you are with us today. There are so many that are sick, and it's just awesome that you are able to be healthy enough to be with us today. Amen. We're so glad to have you, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. I do want to just take a moment to welcome all of our guests today. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we are glad that you're here. And also to those of you watching us online, uh, not just the ones who are sick, but those who are checking us out also for the first time, maybe online. Thank you for checking us out. We look forward to meeting you in person soon. And uh, we finished the Ask series last Sunday. And for those of you that missed it, you can catch up uh, with the archives online. That was about prayers and specific prayers, not just uh, just praying, but specific prayers and uh, prayers that we can pray and, and draw closer to God. This week, we start a brand new series. And uh, you guessed it, it's called Testify. You probably picked that up in the, the songs that we were singing today. Uh, but we are going to be doing the Testify series in the month of March. We will have uh, a guest speaker or so uh, in, this, in this time. And uh, I just feel like God's going to do some incredible things in the month of March. Amen. I really feel like God's going to do some incredible things. So uh, we're going to explore the effect that our lives have in the world around us. That's what we're going to do for the next month. So the world is watching you. You've heard that song, the world is watching you every day. The choices you make, say what you are and do. Yo, you haven't heard that? Oh, man. Wow. Look that one up. Look that one up. The world is watching you. What, what you say and what you do matters because people notice. Amen. And so uh, we're going to talk about testify, not just in the terms of what we used to think of testify, like somebody, anybody want to testify? That's how we used to have it. Anybody want to testify? And we'd have so-and-so stand up and then so-and-so stand up. We quit doing that. You know why? Because it turned into a big gripe session, you know? Like, well, the devil's been on me all week. That's not testifying. So we're going to clarify, amen, how we testify. Amen shouldn't just be a testimony service in service, but we ought to be able to testify with our lives. Amen? So let's begin today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read a, an awesome account that took place uh, right after one of Jesus' many miracles. It's in the book of John chapter 9. And uh, if you would, just you can flip there if you don't mind. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keep you standing. We will read through this, and then we'll get right into it. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Amen. Verse 13 of John chapter 9 says, They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. There were some mixed reactions here. They say unto the man blind uh, again, what sayest thou of him, he that, that he that opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that received his sight. And they doubted the miracle. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? 
I mean, really? How then doth he see now? Or how then doth he now see? And his parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and, and that he was born blind. But by what means he seeth now, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. The parents are like, we don't want to get in trouble here. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Amen. I was blind, and now I see. I've got to testify. Amen. There, I, I don't know how it happened. I can't explain everything about it. I just know what it used to be like and what it's like today. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're already doing in this house. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you and God to testify with our lives. And God, we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody that loves the Lord, shout amen. You may be seated. Everyone has a story. Everyone. Everyone has a story. Now, now some people, they are willing, more than willing, to tell you their story. But not just any story. If you know Jesus, and especially if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a story. And, you know, really what your story is supposed to do is your story is supposed to point people to Jesus. We are our part. We are doing our part. We are living our part. Our part of history. His story. It's just a small part. Some of us are are in the story of Jesus. We are displaying and portraying the story of Jesus. And we're not trying to point people to ourselves or to show how great or how smart or how talented we are, but we are letting our story point people to Jesus. Amen. That's the idea. That's the whole concept that this man who has been born blind in our, in our scripture text was not named in the Bible. Many times when someone is left nameless in the scripture, it's because the principle being shown in the story could apply to almost anybody. It could apply to all of humanity. And so we are all born spiritually blind, right? And in need of Jesus to open our eyes. We, we all need Jesus. We're, we're not, uh, there's not one of us here that can survive or live or have life without Jesus. Amen? Because the, the, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus comes so that we might have life and that more abundantly. And so even though we're born blind, we can be born again. We Come on, somebody. We can have our past erased. We can have a brand new life. We can all remember what it was like to live in darkness, but we We've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. And your part of his story might be different than mine. In fact, I'm sure that it's different from mine. And, and maybe I haven't read through the Bible as many times as you. And maybe I can't sing or I can't play instruments like you can do. And maybe I say and do some really silly stuff sometimes. It makes people question, uh, you know, my sanity. But my part of his story is, is unique. It's special. It's my part. 
No one can take that away. You can't tell my testimony. You can't, you can't live my testimony. Amen. Nobody can take that away. It's unique to me. And so I'm the best one that's equipped to share my story. Amen. So I ask you today, is your story pointing people to Jesus? When people see you and they see the story that your life is telling, every one of us is telling a story with our lives. We, we don't want to acknowledge this sometimes, especially when we have several bad days in a row, but we're telling a story with our finances and we're telling a story with our commitments. What does your story tell? Is it confusing? Is it misleading? Are you pointing people to Jesus with your story? It's not really, you know, it's not really that great of a story unless it points people to Jesus. You know, your story, however cool you might think it is, it's really not that cool unless it's pointing people to Jesus. And, and we may uh, take offense to that. You may be a little irritated that I would say that. But your story might be funny. It might be sad. It might be tragic. It might be many other things. But without Jesus, it lacks the power to affect those around you for eternity. Everyone has a story. But some of us, we feel inadequate about our story. We're afraid if we start talking, we start sharing, we start living out loud that people will have questions in which you really don't know the answer. What if they start asking me? What if, what if they ask me and, and I don't know where that scripture is? That's all right. Your pastor probably doesn't know. I can use Google with the best of them. I mean, I, I know how to search a concordance. That's, that's how I find some script. I don't have this magic memory that I remember everything. And, and you know what? God forbid that this church or any other apostolic church act like we have all the answers. You know, you know people that act like they have all the answers? Those are cults. Those people are cults. If they, th if they act like they don't need to ever look something up or they're sure of everything, that's probably a cult. You're probably you got you got to get to a place where somebody's okay enough to say, you know what, I don't have the answer. But we can find it together in the Word of God. You know, I, I don't know, but let's look it up together. Let's discover this together. You, you know what, some of us, we don't live our life out loud and we don't share Jesus uh, in a way that uh, other people can understand because we don't want them to ask us the questions we don't have the answers to. But I don't have to have all the answers. I know the answer. And he gave me a book that has really good answers in it. And so if I'm ever stumped, I just go back to the answer. Amen. The way, the, the truth, the life, the one who's got it all figured out. And I don't have to have it all figured out. I can just live my life that points people to him and say, yeah, I don't know, but that's the answer. So we need to follow the example of the blind man. He sticks to the story of what he knows. I don't, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know. I don't know if he's, maybe he's a prophet, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. It's really simple. I used to live like this, and now I live like this. I, I used to be uh, very uh, dark, and, and my life was very dark, and I used to live in darkness. Physically for him, spiritually for us. But now, now I see. Now my eyes are open. Now I'm able, amen, to see what he would have me to see. And God used the blind man to the level of his experience and understanding. And God will use you in the same way. That's all the Lord expects of you. You don't have to know everything. 
You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to preach like pastor or sing uh, like, like Christy. You don't, you don't have to have it all worked out and everything just be perfect. He just wants to use you to the level of your understanding to testify his goodness, to point people to him. Amen. And this is a story that is meant for others to hear and to respond. And in 1964, the Philadelphia Phillies, they'll always be known as the team that suffered one of the greatest collapses of sports history. And they let a huge division lead slip away. They lost 10 games in a row at the end of the season. But despite this collapse, the Philly season, uh, they had their share of memorable moments. And they had a perfect game and a ninth inning home run by a Philly to win the All-Star game. But those most remarkable, the most remarkable moment of that entire season occurred after a game, not during it. There was a man by the name of Clay, uh, and I, I don't know that I'm going to say his name, but I think it's Dalrymple, and, and he was a Philly pitcher, and, and he had a chance to walk out onto the field, and, and he was walking out on the field with this this blind girl who had requested a chance to go out onto the field. And so they were uh, fulfilling this dream, fulfilling this wish for this blind girl. And so uh, this, this pitcher, this uh, clay, took this girl to home plate where uh, she, you know, he walked her out onto the field and, and she reached uh, down and she felt the plate and then they walked to first base and and she felt first base and they walked to second base and then they walked to third base before they came back to home plate once again and while Dalrymple was showing the girl around the bases he never noticed the fans had remained in the stadium and he 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 didn't realize they were stopping to watch him and his companion, and he just assumed that the silence in the stands meant that the fans had already gone home. But when the two of them finally reached home plate, the ballpark erupted, and Dalrymple was shocked by the applause. When he looked up, he saw thousands of fans giving him a standing ovation. Later, Dalrymple told a Sports Illustrated reporter, it's the biggest ovation I ever received in my life. And I just, I would, I would like to just kind of jump off of that if I can, because some of us, we think, we look at, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, we look at all these guys that have these incredible sports feet. But you know what's really powerful is when somebody helps somebody else who can't see. That's a powerful thing. When you are surety for somebody who can't see and you help to show them the way and so this is what is appreciated by people who can see a life that points them to Jesus and they, they thank you for the life that you live that showed them the way to get to Jesus and I know some of you say well that that seems like it's so simple yes it is but what is your life pointing to what are you directing them to how are you helping those who can't see Others will notice your story. It's really, it's really, I know it seems like, you know, why I even mention this, but if your life is a story that's pointing people to Jesus, people are going to notice. I mean, if you start regularly telling your part of his story, people are definitely going to notice. They're going to uh, uh, look and see because that light will not stay hidden. When you share the story, you shine. Now, I wish I could get this through like I feel it in my spirit, but that's why our flesh and the enemy of our soul work so hard to keep us from sharing our story and living our story because when you share, you shine. 
I wish you'd tell somebody next to you, when you share, you shine. When you're sharing Jesus, when you're telling people what Jesus has done for you, you can't help but shine. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't stick it under a bushel. Why? Because when you testify, when you tell somebody how good Jesus has been to you, you automatically shine. And the light shatters the darkness around you because the darkness can't handle the light. I want you to notice again, verse number 16, and therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. I've had people tell me that. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. There was mixed reactions. Because when you shine, there's always going to be mixed reactions. Some people are going to say, wow, that's awesome. That is so cool. And then other people are going to be like, really? You know, are you trying to be better than us? You, you think you're holier than the rest of us? There's some very different reactions. And some people will not believe in Jesus even if he heals them personally of cancer. And then other people will see Jesus in the way he works in the lives of everybody around them. You cannot be silent just because some people will negatively respond to your story that Jesus is showing through your life. They're, they're going to, you're going to have people who are going to be negative. You're going to. You're, I mean, you can't help it. It's just going to happen. And you've got to learn how to just kind of let it go. In fact, Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, when you go someplace and you're, you're spreading the God, and he said, and they don't receive you, he said, just shake the dust off your feet. We don't understand that concept anymore because a lot of places we go, we don't have dust on our feet. We're walking on the pavement or the sidewalk or walking on carpet, and we don't even understand what that metaphorically is telling us to do, but it's very simple. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to allow, amen, those things just to roll right off of us. Because there's going to be people that are going to be negative. There's going to be people that are going to doubt. There's going to be people that want to question. And they want to qualify. And they want to make sure. And they put everything into a nice, neat little box. But God doesn't work that way. Amen. You don't act like you got there by yourself. Let people see what Jesus has done in your life. It's not about you. Amen. It is about you, but it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And when you point people to Jesus, some people are going to get excited and some people are going to get mad. But guess what? Some of those people who get excited, they're going to have a change in their life. And God's going to start doing some things in their story. And he's going to start living through them. Come on, somebody. They want to take part in his story too. And everybody's got a part in his story that wants to be. No matter what you think the, the reaction is going to be. No matter how you think they're going to respond, be tactful. Amen. Use a little wisdom. Apply a little bit of understanding. But share the story. Because when you share, you shine. And that light is going to shatter the darkness. And, and, and the story that we have read here, you, you know, sometimes we don't realize it, but God is doing things all around us, and we just have to be willing just to live out loud. We have to be able to share what Jesus has done. You know, this is the way I look at it. It's a quote that I read a long time ago. It said, I want you to share the story of Jesus in your life as often as you can and use words if you have to. A lot of times you don't even have to. You just, you just let your life speak for itself. But don't just trust that people are getting it. Talk to people. Amen. Be friendly. Somebody told me this week, they said, 
you're a people person. I said, really? I said, I don't know, some days I feel like I might be, but other days, no, I'm just not. <laughs> other days, I, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to see people. My, my daughter, we were driving home. She's been at her tournament this weekend, and, and she's, she likes to have her private time. She does not like, she, she likes socializing, but she likes to have her private time. She's like, oh, it's been 24 hours of socializing. She's like, I just need some alone time. And I, I just got a kick out of it. And I thought, you know, I, I feel that sometimes. I feel that, you know, like I, I, I feel like I put myself out there a lot. And then, I, and then there's times where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just ready to be done with people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I just want to get in my little cocoon and just stay there. You can and you can rest, but then you got to get back out there. Amen. Don't, don't hide that candle under a bushel. Amen. Don't hide that light because that light, when you start shining, it's amazing what God can do through your life. You got to share the story. Now, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm really, before you know it, I'm going to be done, but this is the part that I really don't think we, we realize a lot of times. Too often we think about a testimony in the sense of it's solely for the benefit of other people. A lot of times we think, you know, uh, we look at the blind man story and we, we see something that I, I probably haven't ever pointed out, at least here. But let me point this out to you today. Notice that there's a pro progression of his faith in the story. Usually we think our story is the vehicle that brings other people to Christ. But equally important, when you hear your own story as you glorify Jesus, your faith grows. I want you to, I want you to stay with me. The blind man's story progresses in understanding, acceptance, and belief. Initially, when the blind man first got, gets his sight, his story in, in John 9, 11 is that some guy named Jesus put mud on my eyes and now I can see. I mean, that's, you know. But at the end, there's a different progression. And the progression is so that when confronted by Jesus one more time in John 9, 38, at the very end, he says, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So to the blind man, Christ is first some man. Then he's a prophet. Then he's a teacher to follow. Then he's, he's not a sinner. And finally, he is the Lord to be worshiped. So the blind man's story is not just for other people, but it's also for himself. Show me a person that is constantly sharing with others what God is doing in their life, and I'll show you a person that's maturing in their faith and they're growing spiritually. That's why it's important for us to testify. That's why it's important for us to let our lives speak of what God has done and is doing in our lives. Everyone has a story, and the story is needed not just for the world, but for you. Amen. Your story is needed to help you grow spiritually. When God does something in your life and you start talking about it, guess whose faith gets built? Yours. When you start telling everybody, and you start recounting what God has done, amen, we used to sing that old song that said, count your blessings, name them one by one. Anybody remember that one? Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. When you do that, guess what happens? You start telling people, it builds your faith, and you're like, man, God can do anything. My God, man, he's done so much in my past. He's doing so much right now. There's nothing he can't do in my future. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe him. Amen. He's got everything that I need. 
I wish somebody would testify for your own good. Amen. Everybody has a story. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a story. You got a story, and you got a story, and you got a story. We all have a story. And if you tell me I don't have a story, well, let me modify my statement. Everyone has a story that points to Christ that wants one. Do you want a story? Ask the Lord to reveal himself. Ask Him to make you whole. Ask Him to forgive your sins. Ask Him to take away your guilt or meet one of the other needs in your life because when you do, you'll find out you'll have a story. You can't ask God to do something according to His will and His plan for your life that He won't do. And so when He does it, then you've got a story. The blind man's words continually point people to Christ. Read through chapter 9. I want you to think about this as you go through your week. Read through John chapter 9. If you'll just underline how often the blind man is pointing people to Christ with his story, just underline them. It's amazing. And, and here's the deal. Everyone that wants a story can have a story that points to Christ. How do you do that? Well, like the blind man, you've got to come to the realization that we need Jesus. Amen? We've got to come to the realization that he alone is able to save us. We, we, have, to, we have to understand that he is our answer, and, we have, and, and he can open our eyes. There's nothing that he can't do. There's no darkness that may be in our lives that he can't lighten up. Amen? He, he can come in because he is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. There is no shadow, no variableness of turning. He is the light. Come on, somebody. And when your light is, your life is full of darkness, he can come in, and he can change it all by the light. Amen. Would you stand with me today? What else did the blind man do that we can do? Well, we can be open to Jesus. This is unconventional. You know, some people are like, why would he take the mud and put it on his eyes? We got to allow Jesus to work even when it's unconventional. Amen. How is he working on you? And you just, well, I, I wish that it was going to be this way, but it's really not. We turn to Jesus and we allow him to change us. No matter how it is, no matter what it takes, because of his shed blood, we can be baptized in the name of Jesus. And he promises that he will give us his spirit. So we come to Jesus. We acknowledge who we are, that we are a sinner, that we are without him, that we are away from him, and that we need him more than anything. And then we can be baptized in his name. We can have all of our sins washed away. We can have our past erased. Amen. He can change our name today. Amen. And he promises he will give us his spirit. And when we receive his spirit, he will empower us and enable us to speak in a heavenly language that we never learned. And joy and power will flood into our spirit. In her book, Something Beautiful, Gloria Gaither shares a unique thought. And I wanted to share it with you in closing today. She said, I began to wonder what it would have been like to walk down a street where Jesus had walked. Maybe you've never met this man Jesus, never heard his name. But as you walk down the cobblestone street, you can tell that something has happened there. At the side of the road lies a broken crutch that someone has thrown high into the air and let bounce off of the, 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 the ground. And 
never going to be retrieved again. And you walk a little further and you see a pile of dirty, rotten, stinking bandages that some leper has torn away when he looked and found that his skin was clean and new as a child's. On down the street is a mattress on which some friends carried a paralyzed man, but it's abandoned because the man walked his way home. And you see all these things, but you don't quite understand, and so you notice a man at the end of the street, and you decide to ask him what it all means. You rush up to him, and you intend to ask him, but something about you, about this man, makes you stop. And here's a grown man holding a delicate rose. The way he's holding it gently, almost worshipfully, is odd. And when you see his face, the look in his eyes, the tears streaming down his cheeks, it dawns on you that this man is seeing a rose for the very first time. And out of respect, you stand still for a moment, and then, when you dare, you touch him on the arm and ask, Mr., what happened here? What does all this mean? And he looks up at you with eyes wide open as he can get them, and he says, Oh, friend, weren't you here? Haven't you heard? Jesus passed by. Jesus passed by. Jesus was here. You see, I was born blind. I had no hope of ever seeing. And this man that they called Jesus, he passed by this very road. And he touched my eyes. And he touched so many others. Oh, I wish you could have been here. The man can't stay to talk any longer. Still holding that rose in his hand, he runs down the street calling his friends, Come, come on, look at me. Jesus passed by. He calls to his wife and he says, Sweetheart, come here. Bring me the babies. I've held them on my lap. I've touched their little faces with my hands, but I've never seen what they look like. Honey, things are going to be so different, so different. Jesus passed by. Jesus passed by. No, we weren't there on that day. We weren't there on that road, but we have been on many streets where Jesus has passed by. I've been in many services where Jesus has passed by and he left a trail of wholeness and completeness and joy that is unmistakable from his touch. And I can tell you in this service today, every one of us can have a story that will point people to Jesus. Do you want a story today? Do you want Jesus to come by and touch your life? Do you have blindness in your life? Is there brokenness in you today? Do you want Jesus to heal you? You can have a story if you want a story. So I open up this altar. Amen. I don't want you to hesitate today. If you've got something in your life and you need Jesus, amen, to touch you, I want you to come down right now and just say, God, I'm depending on you. I want your part to, to be in my life. I want your spirit to be in my life. I want your power to demonstrate in me. And he'll open up your eyes. He'll make you whole. He'll put you back together again. There's nothing that he can't do. Come on, don't, don't hesitate. Let him do the work on you today. Let him touch your life. This altar's open.